Seahawks 27, Giants 13. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeaKeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And I forgot what losing was like. I mean, the last time we did a, a losing podcast was after that Cowboys Monday Night Football game, which feels like ages ago. Justin, this loss... Every loss is frustrating, so I hate coming on and saying this loss is frustrating. I honestly think the Seahawks just look like the better team today. Like, they just, they were very well prepared for what the Giants have put on film, and I thought they had just had answers, at least defensively, they had answers for everything we had on offense. Like, just everything. We'll, we'll go through it. Like, every little thing they did, whether it's stopping the run, whether it's getting to the Giants' bread and butter third down plays, whether it's, you know, the, the play action, the Daniel Jones using his legs. They just had answers for everything, but you still had a shot. But when Richie James has two fumbles and puts ten points on the board, you're not going to win the game, and that's that was uh that really was what it came down to. Yeah, uh, this this loss is kind of whatever for me. Um, you know, this is a top five toughest environment to play in the National Football League in Seattle with the twelfth man. You have uh, new two new starters on the offensive line this game and at tight end too, which not having Daniel Bellinger, not having uh, multiple blocking tight ends that you can rely on. It came into play this game, special teams mistakes, like you said, with Richie James, but also, I mean, the Seahawks made some mistakes too. And, you know, they, they certainly uh, kept points off the board for themselves at time too. So get healthy over the bye. You got two winnable games coming up. Uh, This loss is kind of whatever for me, still frustrating, obviously, but you know, we'll talk about it. It's what we do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think what well, because well, I mean they they were six and one coming in, so the expectation is to win. Like this is a team that's won games, the ex- expectation is to win. But I don't think this this game changes anything for really anybody on the roster except for Richie James. Like that's <laughs> that's who it, it could change it. But for. does it change for Richie James? That's I mean the only thing that it should change is that he's should not be the punt return anymore. But well, I mean that's kind of the the thing. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. But he's not, I mean, he's not going to be, like, people are asking him to be cut, and he's not going to be cut. He can't. You could justifiably cut him, but you're one Wandale Robinson injury away from him needing to be the starting slot receiver. Hey, he's, twist, he's twisting his toe, and then, you know, then who's the slot wide receiver, you know? Yeah, so that's that's what that's what keeps Richard James yeah. on, the, on the roster is the fact that we're one, one Wandale Robinson injury away from that happening. Yeah. Um, this was the first game. With and this was even with Dable and a little bit of Kafka too. This was the first game where you're kind of not happy with the coaching because Richie James should not have returned that second punt. And when he fumbled that, Bobby, I don't have a reaction sitting on my couch. I'm like, yeah, like that that could have happened right there. That is not a surprise that Richie James fumbled that second punt because he shouldn't have been out there to begin with after he fumbles the first one because now he has three muffed punts. This season so far. Well, they're far. not even muff punts. Like, he's catching... Well, the one versus the Bears was a muff or, punt. excuse me. Well, the second one wasn't a muff punt. It was just a flat-out fumble. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that's crazy to me. Like, it's not like this guy just has nerve. Like, one thing to have nerves and, mu- and muff a punt. He just flat-out fumbled. Um, and then, uh, then you know, supposedly was concussed after... Or, he, you know, was diagnosed with a concussion afterwards. Or went, at least went into the locker room with a concussion. Um, so, yeah. Like, I, ha- I hate leading off a podcast talking about special teams, but... The first fumble, there's two minutes and 23 seconds left in the half. They don't gain any yards after that, and they kick a field goal. And then you're down seven with six minutes and 18 seconds left. He fumbles that. They score a touchdown two plays later. You know, they did give 36 yards on those two plays. 
But even if they kick a field goal there, like your the game's essentially over at that point, and but that turns into a two touchdown game, game over. Like that, those were huge moments, and then obviously putting ten points on the board. But, um, but I, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about Richie James. Like he fumbled, I he shouldn't be returning any kicks for the Giants going forward. I don't know who should, but not Richie James. Like it's simple as that. Like there, this is too much of a sample size, and he's had a lot of fumbles in his career. Regard uh, as well. Yep. This is where I thought the Seahawks did a good job. Like I, so the under center play action that the Giants run and have had a lot of success and created some chunk plays out of, and Daniel Jones has you know created yards on the ground out of when the teams have covered it well. Today they were two for four, seventeen yards, one sack, and one carry for six yards for Daniel Jones. The most successful play was a twelve yard check down to Saquon Barkley on that. You know. Uh, design runs for Daniel Jones, three carries for seven yards. So three, two, like very clear, like these are been how the Giants have made, uh, chunk plays and converted and, and gotten like down the field. Well, they combined nine, nine, uh, nine plays for 29 yards and, you know, let, you know, essentially three yards per play on those plays that they've gotten chunk plays, you know, and it wasn't like one, there was no huge negative. Like the sack was negative one yards on it. So they just weren't like, they just had answers for every, the play action boots, just the regular play action, um, the design runs. And then Daniel Jones had some good throws on third down and long, but even the Giants, like just quick, like sh- third and shorts, they weren't good on Justin because they, they love to run mesh. They had a they had a great answer for mesh. They ran that little Wandale return route versus that off coverage against Tariq Woolen. Seahawks play it. They know what's coming. They see, uh, you know, uh, Tariq Woolen doesn't bite outside on the little, you know, the fake that Wandale gives and just closes down on it, and it's a it's a stop instead of a conversion down the red zone. So they just had answers for everything the Giants have put on tape, while other teams just haven't. And the, the run game. Yeah, you mentioned third and shorts. You know, I think a big talking point out of this game is just looking at the average to go distance for the Giants on third down, which is 9.1 yards. But even on the third and shorts, uh, with uh, third downs with five or less yards to go, the Giants were one for four. Um, and a lot of those came in like the beginning part of the game. Four, four out of the first six drives that the Giants had in the first half, they went three and out. So, you know, we haven't talked about the slow starts necessary that necessarily that the Giants have gotten off to at times there are there have been some games as of late where they've at least put up a touchdown they've gotten a few you know some sort of offensive momentum in the first half but this game there was just nothing there was just no kind of offensive momentum uh besides the touchdown they got off of the forced uh Adoree Jackson fumble they recovered there um so we're not talking about the slow starts when you win games but when you lose games like this um the slow start is something that you are talking about yeah, and and the big part of it has been the the run game has picked up in the second half and just Dan, you know Daniel Jones making plays. I mean Saquon Barkley at at the halftime had nine carries for uh, twenty nine yards, and you're like, okay, like now let's see the second half. They've been a second half rushing team. Well, they actually did worse in the second half running the ball, even though there was a nice chunk play in there. But they also had like an eight yard loss on a first and ten on some. That was the one time where I'm like, what the hell is that, Mike Kafka? Where they ran some type of counter toss. And it's just like, well, that got tackled eight yards in the backfield. Like that's 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 my one. Like Mike Kafka, what the hell is that? Yeah, Daniel Jones made his first tackle for loss in his career. Yeah, he was trying to make the block on Bruce Irvin, but Bruce Irvin, like, and it wasn't like Bruce Irvin just made a great play on it. Like he just chased <laughs> the pulling tight end from the other side, like he's supposed to do. He just bumped and, into Daniel Jones. I mean, the entire the entire 
line is going to the left. There's no one coming back to kick that back out unless you want Daniel Jones to do it. And Saquon is taking two like like a toss right. It's like that. Well, this is the NFL. Like you're not going to get away with that type of stuff. Um, but again, two point seven yards per carry in this game. They were never able to get a, a run game going. Um, I thought Daniel Bellinger was missed. You know, for a couple of reasons. One, Daniel Bellinger, uh, probably your best blocking tight end and your best, you know, your best receiving tight end. They're at least paired with that. Um, I think he is a better receiver than Tanner Hudson, even though Tanner Hudson maybe have some, you know, ability to stretch the field a little bit better uh, than Daniel Bellinger. So you're not doing that that in this offense. They're not stretching their tight ends horizontally or really vertically in this offense. Yeah, just not the last drive of the game. Tanner Hudson had like two, a couple garbage time catches. Um, so Daniel Bellinger has been like their best route runner, like just their best receiving tight end. And then they miss his blocking. Like the tight end blocking was bad in this game, but not only just individually they missed him, they didn't have two blocking tight ends, which has been a huge part of the Giants offense is putting two blocking tight ends out there and then let them go and do check releases or different type of routes. That part was, that stuff was not non-existent in their offense. Again, like the tight end catches was Chris Myrick had a nice check down catch on third down. Good job. Chris Myrick can't be stopped. And then, uh, Tanner Hudson, you know, a couple garbage time plays and he had one other catch, uh, and, and a drop too. Yeah, Bobby, here's the major question that I just want to get to with this offense. They had a third and 12 that they converted, a third and 11 that they converted, a third and nine that they converted, a third and 10 that they converted, and another third and 10 that they converted. All in that second half, there's also a third and seven that they didn't, third and 18, a third and nine, third and seven, third and seven. So there's like third and manageables that they're not getting, but these third and longs of like 10 plus yards, they're getting. Why, here's my question as a simpleton kind of more football fan, why are the Giants not getting a little bit more aggressive and calling these concepts that they are calling on third and long on more or less these early downs? Like really, this is a game where where the running game's not working and they're sniffing out the play action, they're sniffing out these RPOs, put the game in Daniel Jones's hands. I think he's kind of earned that trust because of how good he's been on these third and longs against Green Bay, against Baltimore, I think he's earned that trust. Why are they not doing what they're doing on third and long more on first and second down? I think because they've had success not doing that, you know, like, and this is the first game where it really ran it, it ran into them. And again, I would like to see some, but they, they ran some drop back stuff that didn't work as well too, you know? So it's not like they were just every time they did drop back, like they had drop backs that screwed up, you know, Tyree Phillips had some really bad plays that screwed up some uh, passing uh, plays, you know, so they had their, their fair share of gaffes in those where those other plays kind of eliminate the yeah. the big threat of the negative plays that go with that. But like when you say like stubborn rushing the ball, like, well, I can't blame the Giants offense the, for being a little stubborn rushing the ball when they've continuously put up second half rushing yards when they've in the first half that they haven't been able no, to do it. And, and I think that there's a, I think 70, I got. I got to I got seventy four percent of their of their rush their rushing yards coming into this game were or Saquon's rushing yards uh, were in the second half this season coming into this game. But I also think like seventy percent of the time they started a a series of downs. So every time they started a series with the with the first and ten or run, like seventy percent of the time it result like eventually there was a first down that was gained. So I don't mind the run to pass ratio this game. It's more or less. I guess what I mind is 
not feeling like you could put the you could put the game in Daniel Jones's hands on first and second down by you you have to do the RPO you have to do play action on first and second down and you know tough I, the Lawrence Cager play uh, I guess that was was that a regular drop back pass where you had a, you know they were running a pick on that left side Lawrence Cager yeah comes the open. one that Daniel Jones missed yeah well Josh Azudu whiffed and I think Daniel that is still a Daniel Jones miss but he gets whapped. Hit really hard as soon as he releases the ball there too. So I don't, um, I'd have to rewatch. But then I here's why I don't remember if, if I don't remember Zudo on that. But I do like Daniel Jones has to hit that throw um, type of thing, and especially in a game like this where there's just not in this offense there's there's not really much room for error. Um, you know, and that's been the good thing about Daniel Jones the previous five weeks is like, you know, every QB is going to make mistakes in games. DJ's had like one maybe two every single game for like a five game stretch but that is the one that is huge right there because you know they have three and out you know and that puts more stress i mean they started the game off with three straight three and outs and that puts stress on the defense which i want to talk we'll talk about the defense later um so dj's got to hit that it's hard to really pinpoint stuff on daniel jones in this game um because you're not necessarily seeing everything downfield and it's just their design stuff that's like built around like creating these chunk plays just the Seahawks were on top of it every time like the bootlegs they were they were there every single time the play action their linebackers played with depth and then the and then the design runs you know again they had three for seven yards like they were not able to get anything off of that um I, I mean I, I at the end of the day there's two teams playing I think the Seahawks just played really well on defense yeah like I thought they were very well coached for what this Giants offense has like no team has been better coached and ready to play the Giants than the Seahawks defense all year long. Like I don't care, I don't care if there's been games where they put up less points, which I don't think there has been. But this no no team has been better prepared for the Giants offense than than this. Like there wasn't just guys just totally dominating, you know, winning plays. Like Tyree Phillips had some bad plays, but it wasn't like their front was dominating. You know, it wasn't like their secondary was just well, their secondary was lost. I mean, here's also the elephant in the room, Justin. We just don't have guys at the wide receiver room. You know, yeah. Darius Slayton is wide receiver one, which was an issue that he was wide receiver for a time. He had five catches for 66 yards, so happy with Darius Slayton's play today. Some big third down catches. Um, but at the end of the day, we are eight weeks into this season, Justin. He's our only receiver with over 200 yards in this game. He's our, he's our, our only receiver, or not no receiver, only player on this team with over 200 receiving yards is Darius Slayton. He's at 233 now. Like it's obviously an issue. I'm not sitting here banging on the table saying they got to go fix it. Like we know, we always, we knew the Giants were not going to be a, ta- a roster full of talent this year. But it's all it's going to be an issue, and, it, and it's, I mean it's been an issue, and it's going to be an issue going forward. And again, you know, certain issues that you that are there, but you don't talk about it because they're not winning. Um, Daniel Jones four completions of ten plus air yards today, and I even feel like. That's like where he's been. Like even in the games where we're talking about that he's been really, really good and really, really solid. Like that's just that's just where this offense is at, and it's not necessarily a reflection on DJ. Um, it's a reflection on the receivers. Uh, I don't really even think it's a reflection on Kafka and Dable because I mean you can't you can't tell me that Kafka and Dable coming from Kansas City and Buffalo don't want to throw the ball down the field. Like I'm sorry. Like that they they get the pass having the 
average intended air yards looking like Jason Garrett because they came from systems that literally were the opposite. And I know that they actually, if they could throw the ball down the field, they would be throwing it down the field. I guess I the will only, say that the they have fr- gotten the, the only because- frustrating thing, though, Bobby, is you talk about it. You can't tell me that there isn't opportunities every once in a while to throw vertically to Darius Slayton. Well, even not even just vertically, like I will say, because they've had success, they have gotten comfortable. But like, you can still like I don't care what even even Garrett like you can test teams down the field. You know, like they haven't ran a single mill like a Mills concept, which the Bills they ran a ton with Josh Allen last year. You know, the playoff game versus the Chiefs, I think they like had like a hundred fifty yards just on that concept. It's the concept that Darius Slayton. Um, Dropped the touchdown uh, versus Washington last year on, like that. Like they have not ran that play one time this year, and that is a very much like teams are playing off coverage, but you but you still want to be able to test them deep. They haven't ran that one time this year, like not one single time. You know, um, so I that's something that the last couple of weeks I've wanted more of. So, um, so when I tweet stubborn, like because you mentioned that I used the word stubborn. So when I tweet stubborn and when I say stubbornness, it's not with run to pass ratio it's what you're choosing to call in the pass game where like put the game in daniel jones's hands like that this is what we want to see i think he's proven it through the first couple weeks of the season he didn't he was missing guys that were wide open he has not done that and the down that he needs to do it the most on which is third and longs and i don't like that they're like banking on him doing it on third and longs like you and i kafka and dable are smart enough to know that you know, the best teams in the NFL, you know, the best way to uh, have third down efficiency is to avoid third down altogether. I think they know that, um, and it stinks that we're kind of relying on that right now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, they, they got to change, but we're going into the bye week. Other, I mean, they just, we couldn't get anything going rushing. Even some of Saquon's like three, four yard runs where like he was fighting for his life for some of those yards. Um, Anything else on the offense that you want? I mean, I feel like we, we spent a good amount of time on it, hitting it. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Seahawks just had a good game plan. Uh, I thought the second half was fine. I mean, they dom- they dominated time of possession just this entire game, where this is one of those games where you look at time of possession and say, well, you know, didn't really have much of an impact on the wins and losses here. Um, but they dominated time of possession again. Um Especially the second half, those two drives that result in field goals are cool. It's just the only thing is, is that when you run a lot of plays, odds are they are just going to result in field goals. Um, you can't go three and outs, four out of your first six drives in the first half. Can't do that. Yeah. One really positive thing on the offense. Yeah. Nick Gates was actually moving, dudes. It was fun. Like, actually, one, you know, he comes in for one play and they score a touchdown and it's like, Nick Gates is here to fix the Giants. But like, Every, even though, like, me having some faith in Nick Gates, I was still, like, in awe. I'm like, this dude's out here, like, moving guys and getting nasty after the play. Like, I think he only played four, three or four snaps. But, like, he was he was moving guys, getting to linebackers, like, to the point where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we could just start this guy. Like, I, I don't think He only played three or four snaps? I think maybe a little more than that. But, but you know what? But you know what? I, I don't think you're totally wrong. I don't. I definitely don't think it was 10-plus. But his impact no, was felt. Wasn't. His impact was felt. I mean, whether it was during the play or 
after the play where I'm like, Nick Gates is going to walk out of the stadium in handcuffs because he's going to punch someone in the face. Yeah, like, I'm I'm now like, okay, yeah, like, you know, we've we've tamed down. They're like, do you think Nick Gates can play this year? You know, I'm like, eh. Now I'm like, feed me with it. Like, yeah, I think Nick Gates can play, be a starter on this on this team this year. Like, I, I I'm almost ready to just say he's the swing tackle now. Um, you know, no. so that was very 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 impressive. Like, few snaps for Nick Gates, like where he was actually you know, he moved to you know had a great down block. Um, on the touchdown, he was getting to linebackers. The one play where he got into it and was like, you know, getting ready to not fight the guy, but get into the guy's face. Yeah. He had a great job getting to the linebacker. And then Chris Myrick, who doesn't have these mistakes, Chris Myrick just totally whiffs on the on the kickout block. I don't know what was happening. And that's the thing. Here's my issue, like, where you can't have some issue where it's not just about talent or, you know, the Seahawks being ready. There was some just really bad, like, miscommunication plays like i almost think that to, like that toss play we said saquon it's like i don't know how like this is so bad i don't know if this is the way they called it type thing you know and again on the third down before the half the receivers run just mesh and andrew thomas tanner hudson and john feliciano go block for a screen and daniel jones is not expecting the block for a screen and just gets lit up by his blind side and that's a third down sack and it's just it's like how how did what happened why why did the why did the offensive line think it was a screen and DJ and the receivers think it was just a regular passing play like what what happened what happened on that you know what what what's going on so that's the type of stuff where it's like something's like that's where you can't have that type of you stuff. tried telling me before the game that the Seattle crowd wasn't going to play an impact in the game and it did no they haven't had that type of miscommunication yet this year. I told you that before the game. You did on our preview pod. You were like, Julian, Julian, did you listen to the preview pod? Yes. He like, Bobby like poo-pooed me. I like, I like brought it up in the beginning of the show. And I was like, I think the crowd is going to play like an impact on the offense and like their communication. He's like, oh, I don't really feel like home field advantage. Am I, am I right or wrong, Julian? I don't remember saying any of this, but also it's pregame and I'm getting pumped up, like screw the whole world. Julian, am I right? Am I right or wrong? I think technically you're right. I don't think the crowd affected the Seahawks to win the game though. No, well I didn't now, now you're putting words on my mouth, but I think it impacted the offense in terms of their communication. Bobby, I'm going to make a request um on the O-line report this week. Number 1. John Feliciano wearing long sleeves. Offensive lineman cannot wear long sleeves. He should be Disagree. 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 Why? Because wear whatever makes you feel comfortable in the game. No. They cannot wear long sleeves. So that's reason number one that Nick Gates should be at center. Like, I was like, ah, you know, there's more to being a center than just being good. I saw John Feliciano in long sleeves. That's that's it. Um, and then number two uh, for the O-line report, um, can we have, like, a John Feliciano segment where we're kind of like you're talking about, like, yeah, I'm talking what's about the Feliciano future of Gates? This week. Yeah, I'm okay. talking about Feliciano this week. Cool. Um, so – Let's talk about the defense first. This episode was brought to you by DraftKings. It's time for October baseball, and I'm betting on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the World Series. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has a championship-worthy offer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $5 on any World Series game and win $200 in free bets if your team wins. What's the, what's the series right now in the World Series? 1-1. One, one. How about that? 
Want to boost your winnings? Check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. By the way, I saw like the whole like the Astros player like was looked like he was using sticky stuff or spy, you know spider tack or whatever sure. it was. And I'm like, I just don't have the the effort, you like the energy to just do like the Astros are cheating thing. Like just if they're cheating, I don't even care anymore. Imagine if our how our boss feels if you don't have the energy to care about it. Um, <laughs> download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY, speaking of which, and bet $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code JOHNBOY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. LB trademarks used with permission. Bet on Ross Chastain to win, uh, to win the cup championship at yeah, Phoenix. One of, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in, like, NASCAR history. Um, too bad I don't care about NASCAR anymore. Oh, disagree. All right. The defense. How many more yards do you think the Seahawks offense had than the Giants offense that put not, up 27 points? Not many. Um, I'm going to guess 47. 52. I told you mm, before the show. Job. I told you before the show. They I didn't only listen had to you. 277 yards. Yeah, but you knew the, the idea of what it was. Um, no. They only had 277 yards. You know, like the... Uh, you know they're rushed. They're rushing on the rushing defense allowed 87 yards on 25 carries. That's three and a half yards per carry. That's arguably the Giants' best de- game at rushing defense wise. And then the passing defense, they only allowed 5.1 yards per play, like 37 passing attempts for 3 190 uh, 190 yards when you include the sacks. You know, like they, I thought they did well, but I thought key players on the Seahawks made key plays at key times versus some of the Giants' better players, uh, including Andoria Jackson. And then the offense screwed the Giants' defense. You know, the the first points that the Seahawks scored was with 12 minutes and 7 seconds left uh, in the second quarter, which was on the fourth drive of the game. Like, again, three three three-and-outs to start the game for the Giants' offense. And then after that, you have the field goal off of the Richie James fumble, which they didn't gain any yards. Another field goal, the the 75-yard touchdown, which was all on the defense. And then a touchdown after the other Richie James fumble. Like, I don't think the defense played as bad as 27 points makes it out to look. No. No, they certainly didn't. Um, For how we've talked about Kenneth Walker being one of the more explosive running backs in the NFL, uh, he had two runs of five-plus yards. Two. Yeah, and think about how bad the Giants rushing defense is. Now, this is why I wasn't as worried about Kenneth Walker as the past like Travis Etienne is because he likes to bounce stuff. And the Giants' issue is not like, oh, guys making plays, which it was on that Kenneth Walker touchdown, but it's been just misdirection uh, in their run defense. Like they, they kept him bottled up again until essentially their last play, the, essentially the defense last play of the game, they kept him uh, bottled up where he had yep. that six. And even then, like he broke two tackles on that it wasn't just like oh the giants have a bad run defense scheme you know or, or linebackers aren't processing like he broke a tackle and then broke a tackle of xavier mckinney like if we, like we're gonna have to live with xavier mckinney being one-on-one trying to make a tackle but one i wasn't i didn't think dk metcalf was gonna play like nobody did seahawks people didn't and he did tyler lockett played and i thought those guys just made plays when it mattered like tyler lockett five catches for 63 yards and a touchdown DK Metcalf six catches, fifty-five yards, and a touchdown. Um, on obviously Metcalf had the touchdown on that drive, converted a third and fourteen against Fabian Morel. That's huge. 
Uh, on another touchdown drive, Tyler Lockett converted a fourth and one. That's huge. You know, and then that last touchdown drive they got, not the one off the Richie James fumble, they had five plays for 75 yards. Those guys accounted for four catches, 69 yards, yep. and a touchdown. You know, and Tyler Lockett even dropped a deep, uh, deep pass, you know, essentially a touchdown too. So it's just Tyler Lockett, one versus Dory Jackson, and DK Metcalf, one versus Fabian Moreau. Not every time. Like it was a good battle. But those guys won at important times, and that's how the the Seahawks were able to put up points on the board. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I take a hobbled uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf over any of the skill position players we faced this year, maybe besides the Jags. But um, they're they're they're, they're they got some good stuff cooking in uh, in Seattle this year. Just Geno seems to have a master, a total mastery of that system. Um, players are buying in, um, and then include the the tight ends in the mix too. That you have to account for Will Disley and uh, and and um, Noah Fant. It's just tough to tough to handle. I did think there were some players on this defense though that are really worth talking about. I, I want to finish talking about like some positive play by some guys, but here's where my biggest issue with the defense was: there were so many yak plays, man. Like Marquise Goodwin, you know, when they ran those boot actions, they had the tight ends open the flats on big plays. And then even Travis Homer, like Travis Homer, my guy out of Miami, had a, a screen a screen catch for 25 yards. There were times where I just thought there was one bad tackling, but it was just like, I don't know how they're creating this yak like this, which hasn't been a huge issue for the Giants. Um, you know, they've been one of the best tackling teams in the NFL this season. Um you know they were able to, that's that's my issue with the defense it's not necessarily like like I'm going to live with Tyler Lockett versus versus Dory Jackson you know and if DK Metcalf beats Fabian Moreau you know six times out of nine only for 55 yards like I'll live with that too yep. um but I can't live with like these guys getting all these yak plays that was my big like gripe with the defense in this game um and I thought Kayvon, my other gripe was I thought Kayvon could have done better versus their tackles. I don't care how well their t- their rookie tackles have been playing. Kayvon should have played better. I felt like they got good pressure on the quarterback, but Gino just was getting that ball out just in time. Um, yeah, Gino gets the ball out quick. Like he, to give, give Gino credit, like he really does have like a mastery of this offense. Like he knows what Shane Waldron and the Seahawks offense wants. He gets the ball out quick. And he knows when it's time to hang in there and and deliver balls downfield. But like he always knows where to go in this offense. Like he really does have it down pat. Give him credit for that. Even though I don't care how unreasonable it is, him giving a shout out to Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese, um, just makes me dislike him. Even though it's not the most <laughs> rational thing in the world. So yeah, he's just able to get it out. And again, like I thought, the interior there was pressure. Like I don't think there was any pressure from the edge really. Kayvon had a player too. But the interior is where the pressure. Like L- Leonard Williams had his best game uh, of the year. Like he, it was noticeable how like he was just dominating. And Dex had some, didn't have his best game, but had some really nice plays pass rushing too. Do you know how many uh, QB hits the Giants had today? Nine. Ten. Ten. Okay. How many of them came from Leonard Williams? Five. Yes. Loved it. Something about Leonard Williams playing in Seattle, man. Just get yeah, some and, going. And a sack. He had a tackle for a loss. Like Leonard Williams was I part of it is the Seahawks interior offensive line isn't very good. But like they were they were having their way with them, which is what what you should do if you're Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence versus uh those type of guys. And then their center going down helped. But I thought those guys were huge in the run game. 
as well. We'll talk about the linebackers. There was a very significant change for the Giants defense. Um, but yeah, like Leonard Williams has kind of had a little bit of the injury and then a little quiet, you know, maybe getting his shine stolen by Dexter Lawrence. This was a game where it's like, oh yeah, don't forget who Leonard Williams is. Yeah, Leonard Williams had a better game than Dexter Lawrence, and that's not a slight to Dexter Lawrence. But I just, uh, it, it, there were even some plays where Leonard Williams is just stretching to make run stops on Kenneth Walker, and these are gains that maybe in the past have gone for five, six yards, but instead they're going for two to three, and that's huge. A second and seven or a third or, or a third and seven is huge between a you know a third and five, a third and four, and you know, it, it, that, that stuff's huge. It, ma- it makes a difference. So I love that Big Cat got a sack. Um, love that he had five QB hits. Um, that's the, you know, these are the games that we kind of expect from Leonard Williams. You know, even if you're not going to get home every single time, you know, try and have an impact um, on the play. You know, if Geno Smith isn't playing like a top five QB right now, maybe one of those passes is intercepted because you're putting pressure on the quarterback. So, um, Bobby, who led the team in tackles today? Uh, I don't Julian Love? No. I'm looking it up right now. I was actually Tum- up no, no, you can't look it up. Timon Fox led the team in tackles today. Julian Love also had eight. But yeah, Timon Fox, I thought, played well. Um, you, like, you yeah, know, I, for, for narratives, can you just let Timon Fox have it, you, you asshole? How, how many snaps did Timon Fox play to get eight tackles? That's the crazy thing in this. And he had two tackles for loss. Yeah. yeah he, he's good setting the edge in, in, this, in this Giants defense. Like, he's... Besides Jahad Ward, like he's been the best like edge setter that's consistently played out from the edge group. There should there should be a play that it's counted as a pressure, not a QB hit, but I hopefully it's counted as a pressure. I know PFF will count it. Maybe maybe Pro Football Reference will count it. So Timon Fox's was really really fun. I think what Fox does well is he just ha- like rushes with a plan, you know, and that's why he was able to get so many numbers at UNC, you know, as long as he was there. It's like he just rushes with a plan where a lot of guys are just rushing, you know, and they're and they're reacting. Like he's got an idea like, okay, if he does this, I'm going to – like even last week versus, uh, you know, the Jaguars. Like he had a, a nice spin move and QB hit on Trevor Lawrence. So he just kind of – he rushes – sorry, I pulled up ESPN and they are playing ads in the background. I'm like, who, no, is, no, no. who is that in the background? ESPN. Um, We're talking rookies, Timon Fox. First of all, they moved Jalen Smith to the Mike linebacker, and we saw the rushing defense be better. I'm not going to give all that credit to that, Justin. But I thought Tay Crowder, when he did play, looked better as the Will linebacker, which is what we've always said. Um, now, you know, maybe we play a better team, a better rushing team, uh, a better run-blocking team, maybe not even just better rushing team because the Seahawks are good rushing, but a better run-blocking team, and Jalen Smith can get exposed as a Mike. But... Tay Crowder looked better as a will linebacker. Micah McFadden, like I was watching him today, and he looked really good. So he had four tackles. He had the sack on Charles Cross, which was like an actual pass rush. You know, a lot of times linebacker sack stats don't really matter because they're usually being schemed open, schemed free. Like, no, he just flat out beat Charles Cross in a pass rush move. And he you know, beat that- him around the edge, too, like he ran around him. Yeah. He had a QB hit. He had a tackle for a loss. And in coverage, and this is where... I think Micah McFadden can really make his money because he's not the best just taking on blocks kind of type of linebacker. Is he's, he's he has a much better idea for route recognition and concepts than than Tay Crowder and Jalen Smith. You know where those guys are better just kind of spot dropping, and Jalen Smith can be actually pretty damn bad in coverage, which he's been this year. Micah McFadden 
he sees what's happening. Like he sees like, okay, this guy's running a drag. I got to play that for a second, but then I got to bounce back out and there's a sticking knot. I got to get underneath that, you know, and there was a time where I was watching him in coverage and he forces Gino to run the ball, to, to tuck the ball and run for four yards. You know, like that, those are, those type of plays are huge and those plays will turn into sacks eventually. You know, that's something when I did this film breakdown of Indiana, it's like, this coverage play just turned this into a sack for Indiana because of him shutting down the progression. Um, so, like, that was pretty exciting out of him. And he's going to continue to play. They drafted this cat for a reason, and he's going to continue to play. And neither Jalen Smith or Tate Crowder have done enough to keep him off the field. Similar to Josh Azuto, I'm kind of glad that Micah McFadden maybe got an opportunity to sit on the bench a little bit and, you know, cause he was looking like a deer in headlights at times through the first part of the season. Um, so now that he had that time, had a fun game today, um, was even doing things that he was doing in training camp too, where we saw him take like legit pass rushing snaps where he was going up against the tackle. Those are things that we saw in training camp and manifested and came true today with the sack and a QB hit, which was really, really fun. Yeah, you can't like you can put other guys out there, but like you don't have to like respect their pass rush abilities. Like they're just out there, they're containing the edge type players. Like well, with Michael McFadden, he's not, and I just think he's more instinctual than Tay Crowder. Um, is where Crowder's kind of just got to see it to go, which fits a lot better will linebacker. But I think Michael McFadden just has better instincts for the linebacker position. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else on defense that you really wanted noted? Um, Xavier McKinney gets his first sack of his career. Yeah, that was the first of his career. Yep. That was a, a good scheme call by Wink Martindale. So I, I'll be interested to go back and watch all 20. I hate to be in the watch the tape type of guy. But like I, I want to see. Yeah. 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 But I, I do want to see some stuff like that. Why don't you read an ad? Because there's yeah. something else I want to talk about. Um, Julian Love, I thought, had a really good tackling game, at least. Um, but the very, team. Very... Excuse me? Led the team. Uh, I'm looking at the game book. He has seven. Uh, Leonard Williams has a combined eight. Timon Fox has a combined eight. I will uh, – no, here's what you oh, can so say. Oh, so Leonard Williams was the leader in tackles? Um, Timon Fox leads the team in solo tackles with six, and you cannot refute me in that. I got Julian Love right in front of me with six solo tackles. Where are you looking? ESPN. I'm looking at the NFL gamebook from NFL.com. We have to check the tape. ESPN can kick rocks. Julian's been laughing his ass off hysterically on the side here. It's a Leonard shame. Leonard Williams don't... had eight tackles and a sack, so that kind of is like nine tackles. Anyways. It's a shame we don't have a producer camera. Um, all right, CSG. Julian, you have any sports cards? I do. I have a Michael Jordan card that. <laughs> yeah. I, I could quit this job. It's worth so much money. Well,. How do you even know that it's worth anything? Because you got to go. It's worth eight bucks an hour. You got to go to CSG. They're an expert in impartial third party authentication and grading service for sports cards. And after grading sports cards, they're encapsulated in archival, archival, durable and crystal clear CSG holders that protect and preserve two P's that you like in the world. Protect and preserve. Every CSG certified sports card is backed by the CSG guaranteed of authenticity and grade, which is the strongest in the industry. And Julian, if you really are in a jam 
and you got to get some money for your Michael Jordan card, CSG consistently has the best turnaround times and pricing among the leading third-party sports card grading services right now. Prices are 20% off for grading. Promo code gets you $15 off yearly memberships, and this offer expires the last day of the year, December 31st, 2022. Grade your sports cards with CSG. Get $15 off yearly memberships with promo code GIANTS at CSGcards.com. You'll be glad you did. Did you notice Nick McLeod was playing nickel corner a little bit? Like, Dornay played a good amount, but Nick McLeod, like, started the game as a nickel corner. That's kind of interesting where we've never really thought about outside guys moving in at, like, like, like a McLeod. Like a, like a McLeod. He's 44, right? That's a yeah. weird number. That's a weird number for corner. Yeah. That's, it's that's just, my observation. I don't know why teams don't try and pick on Darnay more. Like, I really don't because he's just struggled in man coverage. Like, even there's times where they didn't throw the ball to him. But they, I guess it's just teams want to get to their best players on third down. But it's like, man, I, I don't care who – like, I would I would be looking to target Darnay on double moves every third down if I was an opposing offensive coordinator. I agree. And they just don't do it. But a part of that is the pressure getting to them with, you know, some of the cover zero looks. Um, you know, what, what were the Seahawks on third down today? Like, I don't th- – let me pull it up. Julian, do you have those numbers? No, I got it. They were oh, they were only okay. three of thirteen. Like we were good on third. Like the Giants showed up on third down. Um, you know the third and fourteen, the DK Metcalf. That's tragic. But overall, you know they. I guess I, I, it says twenty-seven points this, that the Giants gave up, and they did give up twenty-seven points. But I really don't think the defense. Like this was one of their better yardage per play game. And in fact, I'll go and look it up. Might be one of like not better than the Panthers, but they they did pretty damn good. Um. Also, it's I'm looking at it now. The attendance, the capacity is sixty eight thousand seven hundred forty. We gonna get conspiracy theory right now? The attendance is sixty eight thousand nine hundred twenty one. How 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 could they have two hundred more people than capacity in there? We're we're getting conspiracy theory at the forty two minute mark of talking giants. It's, it's a shame they pumped that noise in there. Yeah, Paul Dettino like posted a video before the game very loud before anybody gets there and i'm like yeah that is loud also why not finish the roof they're like 75 percent of the way there to a roof finish it finish it yeah they so they cheated yeah give us the win so how do you feel about this team at six and two does this change does this game change any feelings for you no um it just sucks to lose. Like it always sucks to lose, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna win every game. Losing to either the Texans or the Lions will, yeah. Like oh, oh, like the fact that I feel whatever about this game is mostly because we have a bye next week, and then we have the Lions or we have the Texans and the Lions at home. Like that's why I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, win the next two. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they lose to the Texans or Lions, it's like, okay, and, and you know, if whatever player looks bad or this player, like, then it, this and it, then it's an issue. But, like, you know, Dan, like, did, did, did your opinion change on Daniel Jones after this game? Mine didn't. Saquon no. Barkley? No, it didn't. Um, there were, like, it really just didn't. Like, the only opinions that it changed was, like, Mike and McFadden, which was, like, was like a positive. Um Adore Jackson, I was a little frustrated that gave up 
you know, he gave up two deep plays, you know. Yeah, that was, a, that was a sick double move, though. I mean, T- Tyler Lockett's good, man. He's one of the best. You can make an argument Tyler Lockett's like a top five wide receiver in 20-plus yards over the last, like, five-plus years. He was He's five insanely of, good. He five, yeah, he, yeah, but at the same time, Adore is supposed to be just as good. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, create, he created seven points for the Giants offense, but I, I would have liked – and, exi- I don't and he like made some nice plays too. You know, he had some nice pass deflections. I mean, Tyler Lockett got Tyler Lockett got more big plays on Adoree than Adoree got on Tyler Lockett. So that's yeah. just what so it comes yeah. Down I, to. I mean, my my opinion is not changing on Adoree Jackson, but I was I, I want I, I think he should. With the expectation is to not give up those plays. It's one thing to give up one, but you give up two. That's that's a problem. Yeah, and a lot of people are using this game as. This is the reason why the Giants have to trade for a wide receiver. That doesn't tell me that, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm staying the course. I'm staying the course. Yeah, and there's if there's a there could be a reasonable trade out there, but like Jerry Judy, we're not trading enough to trade for Jerry Judy, yeah. and we Brandon shouldn't. Cooks, no, you know, um, you know, and unless there's like a surprise, like a guy who's like this guy will be our wide receiver one for the next five years. Like the only one you can make the case for is DJ Moore. It's the only one you can make the case for. And that's you're giving up a first round pick for DJ Moore. Yeah, but you can make the case that like we're gonna have a little pick in the late twenties. Let's get DJ Moore, who's really good. No, no, no. no again, uh, I mean, there, there's so many, there's so many good wide receivers in the draft, man. I know it's the draft, the draft, the draft, and it's not fair to do the, to 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 do this to this year's team they deserve more of a shot i don't buy into that it's i just... don't i don't buy into that either no the guys in that locker room believe in the guys in that locker room they're not they're not uh, uh, darius slayton wandell robinson uh, who, uh marcus johnson they're not going to be mad that the giants didn't add anybody <laughs> this trade deadline they're not yeah the that that's a uh... Again, my only trade, if I were to make a trade, it would not even be, like I said, it would help this year, but it would be like, this is because we want this guy on our team long term. Yeah. Um, which I don't see any, I don't see the Giants being able, having the ability to give up an, enough for anything that would make sense. Um, and the only true blue wide receiver one that's available is DJ Moore. Yeah. All it right. would have sucked. It would have sucked not having a wide receiver one if we were two and six as well. Except the only difference now is that we're six and two. Like, we, yeah, the, this is a reality that we kind of knew if Tony was not going to be, which Tony is not here anymore. Goodbye. Um, and Kenny Galladay is also a ghost of whatever. Um, you know, if we knew those realities. Thank God they didn't cut Slayton. Yeah. When people saying like, oh, you don't pay. Anyways, I'm not going to re- revisit. Colin Johnson. If Colin Johnson would have saved the season. It actually would have made a difference. Don't play that down too much. Huge, no, I'm a huge difference. That's not an exaggeration. All right, but it might have stopped them from playing Darius Slayton quick enough. All right, that's an episode. We'll be back on Thursday. So scheduling, because we it's a, it's a bye week, we'll be back Thursday for the mailbag pod. And then we'll be back twice uh, Monday and then a regular preview pod the following week. I don't know what we're doing for the Monday show. Every year we've done a collab with another show. Um, the first year was actually with Justin and Bleeding Blue. Then we did uh, Entertain and Mike Too Nice, and then last year we did with uh, NYG Weekly. I don't I don't know what we're gonna do this year. Um, 
but we will we'll figure out something out and the midseason mock draft where the Giants are going to be picking like 28th which will be mm. nice and fun so let's interview Julian's mom O-line report film review people no no real complaint there's one complaint about the good morning video this today I'll read the comment did it even show a dead bird no it was just no it, did, it, it didn't news. even show it it was just a news report also it's the same one as last year Two years ago. I don't know why y'all feel the need to post something about a dead animal of the opposing team each week. Like, why would you show a video of someone shooting a jaguar last week? I like the rest of y'all's content, but this has to stop, please. Like, Well, it's not going to stop, my brother. The only way to stop it is to make the Giants just be losing and me not caring about making funny stuff. So... You should hope that it doesn't stop, my Correct. friend. Can we? So you didn't answer my question. Can we interview Julian's mom? Because I think she is a rising Giants content creator. I would say no to that. I didn't I ask did you. Think, I did think today's video was the best one by far. And if my mom saw it, she probably would have felt the same. But I don't think she's been on Instagram today. Send it to her. Like, what's your thoughts on this? Mm. I'll get back to you on that. And All would right. you want to be interviewed on Talking Giants and give your thoughts on the Giants season? I won't ask her that. Right. Well, I'm asking Bobby. Bobby, would you be willing to do that? No. Yes. Oh, tough. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out though. Uh, maybe. Hey, maybe we'll do something with entertain it again. We'll we'll figure it out. All right. We'll be back on Thursday. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs> <laughs>